What's up, friends? It's Haley, aka Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Give Them the Bird podcast. My name is Haley, aka Bird. I'm a weight-neutral health coach and certified intuitive eating counselor. And on today's episode, you all get to hear from the amazing Angela Bolu. Angela is an ACE-certified personal trainer and Precision Nutrition Level 1 nutrition coach who has been in the health and wellness industry for over 10 years. She's also certified in spinning, TRX, and is a Lululemon Legacy Ambassador. Angela spent over a decade hating the body she was in and was fearful of food. Ditching toxic diet and fitness culture beliefs and letting go of perfection saved her life and her marriage. After coming to grips with her disordered eating and body dysmorphia, she decided to make her mess her mission to help other women ditch the toxic diet mentality and truly believe their worth is more than any number. Her fitness and health coaching programs empower women to break through limiting beliefs, learn to trust their badass bodies, and stop fearing food so they can start living life to the fullest. Angela believes that there is no one way to eat or move, that all bodies are worth loving, that when your mind is right, everything else follows, and if you're not having fun, then something is wrong. We jam-pack so much goodness into this episode, and I think that you are all going to love the shit out of it. Angela starts by detailing her experience with an eating disorder, so I just want to give a content and trigger warning for anyone who might be struggling with an eating disorder or in the recent stages of recovery from an eating disorder, or anyone who feels like their relationship with food, movement, and their body is in a fragile place. You might want to skip this episode or at least skip like the first half of it. If you do listen to it, I encourage you to listen to it when you feel like you're in a safe and supportive place, um, somewhere where you don't have to like just go back out into the world and act like nothing is wrong in the event that you do feel a little bit triggered. Um, So keep all of those things in mind. I do think though that her sharing her experience is, I know for me, it felt really relatable and um, I felt very moved by it. So I do encourage you to listen to it if you're in the right place too. After Angela um, talks about her experience, it leads into so many other things. We discuss how, you know, eating disorders don't have a look and how this idea that they do really keeps people from seeking out support that they need. Um, We talk about what her idea of health looked like in the past versus what it looks like now. She details the four things she believes keep women stuck in diet culture, which she lists as comparison, fear of weight gain or fat phobia, unrealistic ideals, and not knowing what to do. Then she shares how transformational making peace with food or this idea of habituation and just increasing personal awareness, how transformational that has been for herself and the clients that she works with. We bash on the ideas of willpower and self-discipline when it comes to toxic fitness culture. And she wraps up the episode by giving a brilliant analogy for thinking about black and white thinking. So you gotta stay tuned for that. I love a good analogy and this one was like, absolutely hit the nail on the head. I loved this conversation with Angela so much. We actually stayed on for a bit after and just talked about our experiences. And I I felt like my soul was truly just filled up 
um, with things that I have going on in life right now. And I really, in recording this intro, just have been reflecting on how grateful I am for the last two episodes and the last two guests that we've had, um, Jeff Ash and then today, Angela Beaulieu, for being so open and sharing their personal like trauma or experience with really tough things and how they both did it with such grace and said that they do it in the hopes of you know positively impacting someone else like i just think the fact that they are at this place where they can share their story openly and do it for the sake of others is is really beautiful so i'm so excited that um, i get to end the guest episodes of season two with this one um, with angela Bullu. i know you will take so much from it and be sure to give her a follow and check out all of her offerings because she is a coach that you don't want to sleep on all right everybody enjoy my conversation with the amazing angela Bullu. hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of give them the bird my name is haley aka a bird and on today's episode of GTB I have the lovely opportunity to chat with Angela Bullu. Angela, hello and welcome. Hello Haley, thank Hi. you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited that I hopefully said your name right. Like you did. You did I'm, say it right. I swear to god when I this morning when I like got on my Instagram, I was going to do like a so excited to chat with Angela Date and I was going to say um how I was going to say like bye bye Lou. Yeah, That's people easy. have no idea. It's like bullio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. There's Fancy all... shit. But um, nobody's ever been able to say my last name even before I got married. My maiden name was Shakitano. Now it's bullio. Oh, so shit. it's been a cluster like my whole <laughs> life. It's just like Angela. And when it trails off, I'm like, yep, yeah, I raised my That's hand. Me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> Wait, what's your maiden name? Shakitano. That is fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. Shakitano. Like, Boom. <laughs> I love it. That's so cool. Well, Angela, before we dive into all things professional, fitness, non-diet, all that stuff, tell us more about who you are. What do you do? Where are you at? All the things. Yeah. So I am originally from California. I've lived in a lot of places, but we, me, my husband, uh, my son, we live in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And um, I am a mom. I'm a wife, an entrepreneur. Uh, lover of hummus and the Whole Foods hot bar, like love it. Um, I am a recovered hangry gal. I used to be hangry all the time. Um, and I'm one of those people who I want like people to invite me places and have all the friends. But when they do, then I'm like, why did I say yes? I yes. don't want to go. Like that is me. So I'm kind of a golden girl. I go to bed early. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of me personally in a nutshell. Um, can you tell me about this? Um, two things, the whole foods hot bar. I've never even yeah. been to whole foods. So maybe if I, oh if gosh. I've been there, I wouldn't, I, you're like, I got it. I'm hanging up now. Right. Interview's um, over. <laughs> so when we moved here, I was like, is there a whole foods? Cause if there's a whole foods, I feel like everything will be okay, <laughs> but it's just like overpriced organic mm. food, right? It's like slap organic on it. It's healthy, but, yeah. <laughs> um, I love the hot food bar because they'll have all the prepared foods out and like you can make like nice big salads or I always really love their mac and cheese. It's like oh. so creamy and cheesy. Um, but every Whole Foods, the hot bar is not created equally. The hot bar here <laughs> is 
disappointing a lot of the time, especially post COVID. Um, Mm. I don't know why it hasn't come back full force, but when you go to, um, like Austin where whole foods started like that one, it's like going to Disneyland for like grocery store lovers. You're (laughs) like, Oh, they've got like a wine bar in there. You've got a whole fridge with beer, like either side of, yeah, it's amazing. Um, the Nashville one is pretty good. (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, we're just in Kansas city and Kansas city has a better one than we do. So we ate at whole foods for lunch in Kansas city. Cause that's the type of people we are. I love that. Well, I uh, had my bachelorette party in Austin. I should have just, we should have just gone to the whole foods. Oh my God. A wine bar, beer, uh, hot food. Uh, count me in. (laughs) Okay. Another thing you said was that you were a former hangry girl. Yes. What is that? Okay. So, um, my past is I had an eating disorder, body dysmorphia. And yeah, so I was just hungry to the point where I would just be angry, Mm. snap, like irritable, just not myself. So, um, what I do now is I am a personal trainer and a health coach and focusing on intuitive eating, ditching diet culture and helping women just reclaim their bodies and how they feel about food and their bodies. Um, because I dealt with fearing food for so long, hating my body for so long. Um, and that's kind of why I got into what I do now. Um, Mm -hmm. because I didn't want any other woman to feel so alone in it. I felt very alone. There wasn't Instagram at the time, or like it was just starting. I didn't know what intuitive eating was. And so for a long time, I felt very alone in my journey coming out of, being disordered with my eating Mm -hmm. and my body image. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. Um, you phrase it former hangry girl. Like that's (laughs) much more like people for one, it, people ask like, Oh, what does that mean? And then it starts this conversation, but also like, not that anybody needs to feel shame for having had an eating disorder or having like being in recovery, but it's, it just is like a little bit of a lighter way to say, like I had an eating disorder. Like I was a hangry gal. (laughs) Yeah. Eating disorder feels heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially like if you're first one acknowledging it or two going through recovery for it. Um, I know that was one of the hardest things to say is I have an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, like it would take a while to get those, those words out. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I like to lighten things up to make them easier to deal with at times. Oh yeah. I'm like, uh, humor is my superpower. Like someone died. Ooh, let me tell a funny joke about that. Like, (laughs) Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Luckily, sometimes I have, it's not appropriate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to know, know the crowd. Luckily I'm like a, I can pick up on, on, you know, the people around me, but um, yeah, I'm curious if you, if you feel comfortable, like telling us a little bit more about your journey, like yeah. when was it that you realized or kind of had like the wake up call that like, Oh, what I'm doing isn't actually helping my body or was it because of concerns from other people? And then what was that, that journey with recovery like for you? Yeah. So, um, I would say I probably started, um, the disordered eating and working out, uh, in high school, Mm. probably, um, I don't know if it was my junior or senior year, but I was on swim team. And I remember I would come home. I would basically eat a whole dinner worth of snacks. And then after swim practice, I would then 
do like Taibo. Taibo mm. was big at the time or like some step aerobics taibo. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then I would eat dinner, maybe two helpings. Right. Um, and then I went to college and that's when I started to stop eating. I started running all the time. Um, at one point my mom asked me if something was going on and I was really good at lying. I was really good at hiding things. Um, and then eventually I did start, uh, purging mm -hmm. after eating too much. Um, but when it really all came to a head was after I got married. So like a lot of women, I was like trying to, you know, what is it shedding for the wedding or yeah. whatever the, the thing is. Um, so it was like, I would work out 5am, go to the gym, only eat my protein bar, like maybe do another workout, eat very little throughout the day. Um, and once like everything settled down after the wedding, living with my husband, like I would just have outbursts of anger. Like mm -hmm. one time I threw our dinner away, like he made one comment. I don't even remember it. He does. I know he does. And like, I was like, fine, I'll just throw all the dinner mm -hmm. away. And I like literally threw the dinner away in the trash can. Um, and then I would weigh myself and immediately would spiral me into a I work out so much. Why am I still so fat? And I mean, I wasn't fat at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I didn't look like skin and bones either. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know that looking at me, you would have said she definitely has a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I, I, it would ruin our days. Like I would be in such a bad mood and he's like, what is going on? And I wasn't telling him, telling him. And finally, I had this realization, like if I kept on this path, I was going to lose one of the greatest things in my life, which was him. Wow. Um, and I, I didn't want to do that. And that's when I told him, I was like, I need help. This is mm -hmm. what's actually going on. And this is what I'm doing. And it was really, really hard. Um, and then I had to tell my mom and that was really, really hard, you know, telling people is hard. Um, and the other really difficult thing was finding a therapist. Mm. Um, I don't think anybody really talks about what that process is like, or how you even go about it. I remember making one phone call and being like, well, like I have voice, like some voices in my head. Like, I think we, we all have voices in our head. It's like, Oh, you look fat or this or that. And I right. said that to whatever healthcare provider. And they're like, so, um, you're schizophrenic or you're like a psychopath. And I was like, Whoa, no, like these are like normal voices. They're not telling yeah. you to go like rob a grocery store. Right. Like <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> yeah. it's like an internal monologue. Like, yes. <laughs> um, and I, the first therapist I saw, um, I've kind of blocked it out. It was such a traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. Um, like mentioning my issues. And I think it was a man. I'm not positive though. Um, but it was basically like, well, why don't you just get over it? Mm. And I left crying. My husband picked me up and I was like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. And so I ended up saying, I'll go see a nutritionist instead. And she was a great nutritionist, but still I was lying. Um, mm -hmm. She would give me things to do uh, or like an amount to eat. And I, I wasn't doing it. And eventually I think she recognized it was a bigger issue, recommended another therapist. 
she was really good, started the process. And then the therapist I found after her, she was amazing. And that's when I had some big breakthroughs and really started turning it around. Mm, wow. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't put that on the outline. So I just want to, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for like being open and yeah. you know, sharing that with us. Um, I think one of the big things that stood out to me that you said was about like eating disorders, having a look and like, I wasn't skin and bones. And I, I can totally relate to that too. Like whether it's, you know, in my personal life or with like students that I meet with or people that I see, I think that people attach a look to it so much that it, oh, it's not that bad. At least I don't look like that. And then mm -hmm. you see it in movies. I was just talking with the dietitian that I work with. Um, I don't remember what the movie was, but it was on Netflix. It was like to the bone or something like that. Oh yes. I watched that. I, I forget what it's called too, but yes, I, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And we were just talking about how that movie portrayed eating disorders, like so poorly to the extreme. And she even said like, as a result of that, um, the amount of people who were participating in like eating eating disorder behaviors it's like it actually gave people these like new ideas of ways to you know have a disordered relationship with food and and that idea of you have to be skin and bones it's something that yeah. drives me bonkers and i think it it prevents out like outside people from supporting you but it also prevents us from supporting ourselves because it's like I'm not that right. bad yet. Like, it's not that bad. I don't mm -hmm. have to be hospitalized. Yes. And, and that thought like went through my head. It's like, well, I don't need to be hospitalized. It can't be that bad. And mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is an eating disorder does not have a look. It does not have a color. It does not have a gender. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something also we tend to think it's women and white women specifically, mm -hmm. but it's also men. It's also people of color. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you know, it's really normalized for it to be a white woman talking yes. about an eating disorder, but to have more representation and knowing like, Hey, you don't look like me, but you could still be dealing with this. And it's just as big of a deal for you as it is for me. Yeah. And sometimes even almost like a bigger of a bigger of a deal, bigger deal <laughs> only yeah. because of lack of access, lack you know, of access like, and support. Yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all that to say, thank you so much for opening up with that and, and sharing it. Cause I, I do think that having those conversations and like people sharing their story and even the whole idea of like, just because someone doesn't, you know, doesn't go to treatment in a hospital setting, like they didn't have an eating disorder. And it's like, no, recovery can look like one-on-one -on -one with a therapist. It can look like one-on-one -on -one with a dietitian. So yep. eating disorders don't have a look therapy or recovery doesn't have a look either. So, so thank you. I just, I love vulnerability and I got the chills like four times and Aww. almost started crying. So <laughs> well, I think like, that's how we learn. We share mm -hmm. and we start to see ourselves in each other's experiences, even though they're not the same. Mm -hmm. um, they're so relatable. And my story is so much of why I'm doing what I'm doing. So it is mm -hmm. like making my mess, my message and what's kind of been the mm -hmm. backbone behind everything that I do and why, why I do certain things that I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Making my mess into my message. So with that in mind, tell us now more about what health and fitness and like taking care of yourself looks like both for you personally, but also for your clients and the people that you work with. Yeah. So health, um, before I would say healthy, I thought it had to be, it was associated with skinny, mm. um, weighing myself daily, um, at the gym, it was 
harder, better, faster, stronger, like Jillian Michaels, like Mm. totally like worshiped her. Um, I would run, ran all the time, beach body, um, cutting out the self magazine models. Like that is how I used to see health, um, avoiding sugar, all of those things. And now healthy to me means honoring, um, honoring Mm -hmm. my hunger, honoring my energy, honoring my space and my boundaries. Um, and because before when it's just for an aesthetic, just for that goal, there was no honoring, like I would be tired, but it would be like, Nope, got to get to the gym. Mm -hmm. I would be hungry, but it was like, no, you can't have that. Um, so now I think being healthy is all about honoring and, Mm -hmm. With my clients, yes, we're talking about food. We're talking about exercise. We're we're discovering what foods you have rules around. Where do those rules come from? Um, but also, what they what we end up discovering is it's so much more health than just what we're eating and just how we're moving. It's how mm-hmm. we think about ourselves. And so many of the women that I work with, their self worth is tied to looking a certain way or weighing a certain amount. And so stripping that away and being like, no, your success isn't tied to a size. What, what else can we tie it to? What other goals can we strive for? Mm -hmm. So it ends up, we start with the food and the fitness, but we go into all aspects of their, their lives. It becomes mm-hmm. so much more than just the food and, and just the fitness. Mm, I love that so much. That's, I can relate to that too. It's like someone will come to me for fitness. And the next thing I know, we're talking like about sexual health, Yeah. <laughs> you know, I work with college students. So I mean, anybody can go. talk about it, but yeah. yeah. Or like about setting boundaries. And it's always so cool to be like, remember how you came to me for weight loss or for fitness. And now we ended up like, Like one student in particular, I remember I shared this on a recent episode of the podcast, but she came to me because she wanted to get more consistent with like exercise. And for like a year, she really struggled with consistency. And then she was feeling down on herself for not having been consistent with exercise. And I was like, in the back of my head, knowing that she has done so many other amazing things over the last year, I was like, I wonder what other things you have accomplished in the last year. because you haven't been able to be consistent. She was like, oh, I gained self-respect. And I was like, fuck, like, okay. Yeah. Mic drop. Mic drop. The max. Yeah. So I, I love that it's really meeting your client where they're at and also showing them. It sounds like what you do is really show them that there's so much more that matters to their health and their well-being beyond, like you said, the food, the food and the movement. I think, I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. I'm curious So for women who like, how do you make that switch for them? How do you get them to be, you know, like the ones who like are entrenched in diet culture, how, how do you help them? Well, for one, I'm curious what you notice, like keeps them stuck in diet culture. And then how do you help them begin that process of like untangling their worth? Like what you mentioned from the diet culture stuff, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It does make sense. Um, so I think a couple things keep women stuck in diet culture. I think one of the things is comparing themselves either to other people, to actresses, actors, models, um, people they see on Instagram, and also past versions of themselves or 
what they think they should look like. So this comparison keeps them stuck and having this unrealistic ideal that Mm -hmm. society kind of puts on us, right? Like if you're oversized six, like you're fat and that like in what world, like that's insane. And we all know women's sizes. They're, they're all over the place. Trash, (laughs) trash, put it in the trash bag, burn it on fire. fire. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I think comparison is Mm -hmm. keeping women stuck. Um, And a a lot of my clients have dealt with that. And then um, being scared of gaining weight. So the fat phobia, and I think a lot of people think, well, I'm not fat phobic, but when you're not, you're trusting diets and you put your faith in these diets. Like they're the Holy grail, like any book, South beach, keto, whatever it is, like buying these books, redoing your cupboards and your fridge every single time. And you're trusting these diets over trusting your body. Why is that? Mm -hmm. And I really believe it comes down to the fear of gaining weight that if they listen to their bodies, they're going to be bigger. Mm -hmm. And the thing is with intuitive eating, we don't know what our body is going to do. Mm-hmm. We may think I should weigh like my clients. Some of them will come to me like, this is the weight that I know I'm happy at. Let's say it's 140 pounds. Like this is the weight that I'm happy at. Like that's where I need to be. So I need to lose 20, 30 pounds, whatever, but it's okay. What, how in your life are you happy now in this body that, that you're already in? Not to say that your weight loss goal isn't important because I do believe there is health at any size, right? But we as individual people may not actually be healthy at any size. Mm-hmm. Um, but also thinking, okay, when was the last time you were that weight? Maybe it's not realistic. And when we start to listen to our bodies, where our bodies are happiest, where we feel the strongest, where we have the most energy, that number, it may be less, it may be more. Mm-hmm. And so like getting rid of the numbers, um, is a lot of work and it takes time. I have some women who come in weighing and it's, I don't tell anybody that they can or cannot do anything. I Mm -hmm. think it's a very personal choice. Um, some people are okay with the scale. I've learned I'm not okay with the scale and I don't think I'm ever going to be. There was a brief period where I thought, (laughs) nope, you're falling back into patterns. And I was like, I can't do it. And that's okay. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with me that the number affects me. Yeah. Like it's okay. But, um, once, you know, eventually almost with all my clients, they start to realize every time I weigh it's affecting my mood, it's affecting Mm. how I'm eating. And so eventually they come to the decision that let me take a break from it. Wow. So, um, yeah, I think that's the comparison, unrealistic idea, ideals, the fat phobia, and then not knowing what to do. Like if you're not, Mm -hmm. if you're so entrenched in diet culture, you may not know that there's another way. And intuitive eating, you're like, what is that? So I just eat whatever, anytime I want. And you're like, well, that's just like one part of it. Like (laughs) (laughs) a little guy, just a little little piece. Um, But there's also this thing called gentle nutrition. And we do want to listen to our bodies and Mm -hmm. eating donuts all day, every day, isn't going to make us feel great. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, but starting to make peace with food, I think is the first thing that makes a big difference. And Mm -hmm. also um, honoring their hunger and fullness cues, because a lot of them have fallen so out of touch. Um, 
or haven't even stopped at a meal to ask themselves, how am I feeling? How hungry do I feel? Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen a lot of progress with my one-on-one clients and my group coaching clients. They're like, just stopping to be aware of my patterns, that awareness is enlightening. Mm. I was just going to say, I love the way, just from what you said, I love the way one, you coach, <laughs> like I just think oh, listening to that, I'm like, I love that what you're, it sounds like what you're doing is you really help them increase awareness so that they can make the decision for themselves and talk about like body autonomy and empowerment right there versus being like, only come to me if you're ready to ditch this, like completely, you know, never step on the scale. Like, I just love the gentle approach that you take and where you ultimately, like my big philosophy is you are the expert of your own body. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, that's totally in line with what you do. Um, so I feel, I just feel really good about the way you coach. (laughs) Just just from that, I'm like, you're good at what you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious what, like, what have been for women, like what have been some of the transformations that you've seen with them or some of, again, this might be hard to recall, but even in your own life or in your, the lives of your, um, your clients, like some of the big aha moments, like what, what maybe helped to spark those? Like you mentioned the being able to just pause and check in with myself, or I know the making peace with food a lot of times with mm. folks is huge. Cause they're like, I bought the Cheez-Its and I allowed myself to eat them and they were able to stay in my cupboard for a week. Like, yeah, what the hell? I used to only be able to, I would eat them all in one sitting. So I'm curious if there's like any aha moments that come to mind for you either personally or, or with your clients. Yeah, I think personally, and I've seen it with my clients also is, um, taking those off limit foods and making them not off limit. So it's, I'll always introduce it to people like, okay, we're going to try this thing. It's called habituation Mm -hmm. and we're going to put these foods in front of you. And the idea is the more it's around us, the less we feel like, oh my God, I don't know when I'm ever going to get this cupcake again, or these cookies or these chips, whatever the food for them is. And I kind of describe it like, just think you're like Lucy at the chocolate factory. Like at first you're like, (laughs) yes, I want to eat all the chocolates. Right. But you know, if you did that day after day, like you'd be like, I never want to see, smell, touch chocolate again. <laughs> and so I kind of like use that example I love that. Um, because it can seem really scary. And sometimes people are ready and sometimes not. I know for me, um, when my nutritionist is like, okay, you're going to add back in all the foods that you haven't had for so long and see what you truly like. Mm. Because I was subsisting on like cottage cheese, Caesar salads, um, and like smoothies. Like mm-hmm. that was like every like, oh my God. I mean, I, I did every diet. I went vegan just so I could be like, oh, I can't eat there, right? Mm. Um, but then I would like binge on cookie dough. And yes. so and so it was a whole mess. But at first I was like, add in foods? Like <laughs> what? Um, and I don't even know what I did first, but I do have to say once I finally like accepted this idea, it, it changed my whole world. It was like, wait, I can have a cookie on a Wednesday. (laughs) And then when I go to make cookies with my son, I'm not shoveling cookie dough into my mouth crazy. And then feeling sick, feeling guilty, feeling like I want to throw up, like, 
like what? Mm-hmm. But if I hadn't reintroduced foods and been like, it's okay to eat this. I, I don't think I would have ever gotten there. I think to this day, I would be like sneaking cookie dough mm-hmm. and probably throwing up in the bathroom still mm-hmm. like, um, and I had that happen with a client. Like she was so scared of pizza. And so it was like, okay, when you're ready, you tell me and let's try this. And we did it. And she was like, I don't even want it. And I, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And that's the point. You're going to eat it even when you don't want it just to see like, oh, this food is not controlling me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so for myself and for my, for a couple of my clients, that's been huge breakthroughs. And then kind of like we mentioned before the awareness, I think we're all walking through our days. So automatic that some clients, even the most simplest thing, water, not realizing that they're barely drinking any water. Um, and then being like, Oh my God, just drinking water. I have so much energy. Like my skin looks better. Um, and so the awareness is huge because if we're not aware of our patterns, um, there's no way we can heal them, fix them, try to, go in a different direction. And one client, um, it came up around family and food. This was a big Mm -hmm. one. Um, her family came and was commenting on what she was making. They're like, why are you making a salad so big? Are you going to eat all that salad? And she did be like, Hey, I'm doing what's right for my body. Like, why do you care so much? But it turned into an argument. Right. And it, it went negative. And so we, we coached through it, like, right after it happened, she was very upset, but realizing it was her aunt, um, was the one that was kind of pushing up against her. And so just reframing it, like she was coming to it as her aunt was like nitpicking at her. Like, she's always on my case. They're always judging me. And I was like, okay, do you really think your aunt is wanting to nitpick you, wanting to judge you, could it be anything different? And we kind of went through this whole process. And then finally it was like, no, she probably actually just really cares. And this Mm -hmm. is her way of showing love. And it was like this big moment for her. And I mean, it's still going to be a practice to learn to kind of brush off the response or deal with it with kindness instead of her getting feeling like she's backed up against the wall and be like, no, this is how she's trying to show love, Mm. even though it's not how I want to receive it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but just kind of understanding where her aunt may have been coming from was like huge. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Isn't it, that's like just another Testament to how it's, it's not just about the food. Like it's, there's so much more involved in it. It's our beliefs, it's our relationships, it's boundaries, it's culture. Like there's so many other things that are involved in it. And with like, you know, toxic fitness culture or like diet culture, it's just the food. (laughs) Like it's just food and it's just movement and, Mm -hmm. and sprinkled in some discipline, right? Like that's, that's only you had more willpower. Yes. Okay. Girl. Yeah. I fucking hate that W. I'm like, when one of my clients said willpower, I'm like, oh, I'm like cringing (laughs) on the, like my, all my insides are like, no. Yes. Yeah. That's me. When I hear discipline, I'm like, and obviously it depends on the, like the context, probably like with willpower, but it's like, I'm just not disciplined enough to keep going to the gym. I'm like, I they feel like there's more to it than that. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's like, and normally um, there is, it's, there's something else there with that. It's not just like, I don't have the willpower. It's like, 
no, maybe you're not addressing your emotions behind going to the gym. Maybe you had a coach that it was like no fun and it was punishment. Like those are things I've talked to with clients like, oh, I'm realizing I don't enjoy working out because when I played soccer, they made us run laps and it wasn't fun. And I dreaded it every single time. And it's like, yeah, like those are the things that make a huge difference. And then it's like, okay, well, what type of movement do you like? Because you don't have to run. Like you don't have to go to the gym if you don't want to go to the gym. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to look a certain way just because like, that's what these TikTok and Instagram influencers are showing you. Like I get so upset with people who are like, you shouldn't do any cardio. You just need to be (laughs) lifting heavy. And it's like, let's just get people to move. Like now we're going to nitpick and say, don't do cardio. It's like, Mm -hmm. yes, obviously cardio seven days a week for hours on end. I used to be that person. It's tearing your body apart. You're probably going to be sick all the time. It's not great, but like, let's not, it's so overcomplicated. It makes it, it, it's just like, make it easier for people and don't make people feel like shit for what they're doing. Cause I watch some of the stuff and then I'm like, is what I'm doing shitty? Like, yes. Like what? (laughs) I do that same thing. I'm like, wait a second. The 19 year old Jenny who goes to college, like she knows more than me. I'm doing it wrong. She has no degree or certifications, but I'm like, it's that total imposter syndrome. And I think it's because like, when we, when we hear like the black and white mentality or like the absolutist mentality when it's like this is the exercise you need and then the people that actually know what they're doing they're like well it depends i mean it just that's my answer for everything it depends yeah yeah (laughs) or it's like well let me look into it and get back to you like i feel like that's when i knew that i was comfortable with myself when i could be like you know i don't have the answer but i will look into it back to you or Yeah. yeah i can't give you a definitive answer on that like that's yeah yeah Um, You mentioning the black and white too. It just made me think, um, I think that's a big part of people being stuck in diet culture Mm -hmm. as well, because it's very like, I need to be perfect. This idea of perfection. And if it's not this way, then it's, what is it? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of my clients with, oh my God, but I, I overate at that one meal. And once they realize like, oh, it's, it's just one meal. I can just make the next best decision. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like this analogy. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I saw it on a meme somewhere. It's not an Ange <laughs> all, original. All I wish best. it was though. I should say, no, I came up with this. It's an you amazing analogy for all or nothing thinking, but it's like, if you're driving your car and you get a flat tire, what do you do? Right. You call, you call AAA or you get out your spare tire. Like mm-hmm. you fix the tire, right? You don't go and get a knife and stab your other three tires because that one popped. But when we say, oh, I missed a day at the gym, there goes the week. Oh, I had a cookie. I might as well eat pasta and have all the wine and dessert and whatever. Like we're popping all of our other tires instead mm-hmm. of saying like, oh, wait, it's just one thing. Yeah. Like it, got mm-hmm. three other tires. And like, why do we want to pop all those tires? Tires are expensive. Like nobody wants to pay for more than one tire, <laughs> but we're willing to just be like, I messed up once. Fuck it all. And it's mm-hmm. like no, lose the fuck it mentality. It's just one thing happened. Like it doesn't make you good or bad. Like Mm. it just happened and we can learn from it. Like, why did you overeat at that party? Oh, you felt super uncomfortable. Oh, you didn't eat beforehand. Oh, like, let's try something different the next time and see what happens. Mm, I love that analogy and I've never heard it before. So it is an Ange original. Okay. It's an Ange original then. 
trademark. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so that is so true though. And I think that that's why a lot of the people that like I a lot of students that I meet with, they've ever they're either like one thousand percent on a diet and going to the gym every day and like on the grind, hustling, blah, blah. Or it's the exact opposite. And they're like, yeah, binging and overeating. And that has a place in time, obviously, but like it's not out of respect for their body and right. they're not interested in moving at all. And so it's totally like that black and white thinking. And it's all about like finding that that middle ground, like what you help people to do. It's like, I like to say yeah, failing forward or like, yes. yeah, it's like, like, it's really not, too. not a fail. It's just a learning opportunity, right? Just so feedback. Failure is just feedback. Yes. Failure yeah. is feedback and turning my mess into my message. Like, and feelings are flashlights and yes. And adding them in there. Not <laughs> popping all my tires. <laughs> not going to pop tires anymore. I love this. I'm going to make a bunch of memes out of this. Just like, I love, I love all it. of these things. That's so good. <laughs> so you also offer, um, you do personal, do you do personal training and like group fitness or tell us more about that? Yeah. So I, um, turned our garage into a gym. And yeah. so I take one-on-one -on -one clients virtually in person, um, COVID kind of expand. I was like, how do you do this online thing? And then had to figure it out with COVID. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, now I have clients that come to my gym. I also have clients in Boston when my clients travel, we can still train. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, and then I, I'm a spin instructor. So I teach at a gym here, um, nice. a couple of times a week. And then I do, one-on-one -on -one health coaching. And then I also have a group program that's 12 weeks. It's called Eat, Move, Thrive. Yes. And right now I have six amazing women in there and I'm going to run that again in September. So oh, cool. looking forward to doing that again. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Don't you love the group? Like I love group coaching. I've, yes. I just, and like starting it on the GTB side, but like I've done it in my full-time job with college yeah. students and like group coaching is just so much fucking fun. I think it's great. Like, because it's, it, it, every group is different. I'll say mm -hmm. that every group is different. Um, but what's so cool to me is that these women come into it and like, kind of like, what's this going to be like? And then people start sharing and they're like, I felt that way too. I thought I was the only one. Oh my God, you're struggling with that. So am I. Um, and so it's like this, oh, I'm not, I'm not alone in this. And then they're there to support. And the women right now, like, all the women that I've ever had in the program have always been supportive, but like, they are just like, mm. I, and I love it. They're just supporting each other and sharing. And it's so cool mm. to see because yeah, we learn the most from others. And I think that that part of not feeling alone is so, so big after two years of probably everybody feeling very alone with COVID and then coming out and everybody, everybody's like, I need to lose weight. I need to this. It's like, everybody calm down, calm down, everyone. <laughs> calm the fuck down. Calm We're down. In this. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So, um, you're amazing. I Aww. absolutely love your approach. I, um, love your reels. You crack me up like the one, what were you doing? You were making something and it got, Oh, oh you gosh. were like stirring yes. your peanut butter. The stirring okay, so that so that works. I've done it once before. I totally trust you. And it works. So you take your jar of peanut butter, almond butter, you know, this, I hate it when they have the oil on top. I like the ones that they don't. It's like I think Trader it. Joe's makes ones. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so I was doing this. I was like, oh, I got my 
we went to Trader Joe's. I got my, my nut butter. I'm going to do this cool trick and like show everyone on Instagram and be super cool. Um, no, I did not have a good tight <laughs> grip on the jar and this nut butter went everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere in the world that it could go. I was like, Oh my God. And then I was like, this is perfect. I'm, I'm putting this up because this oh, is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> That's quality this, content. That's quality, what we need to see. <laughs> quality content right oh there. Oh my God. I think that was the day where I think that happened. That might've been the day where I was like, it's time to email Angela back. Like, it's time, like <laughs> I need her on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <it's> so good. <laughs> well, I, I love everything you do. I love your message. I love your approach to like to food and to fitness and just health in general and your approach to coaching, like meeting clients where they're at, letting them be the ones that like, you're really just there as a guide. Like, I think that's the most beautiful thing. And talk about like empowerment, the way that you coach is such an empowering way versus just like, here's the framework, here's the guidelines, do these things. Like you absolutely acknowledge that each individual is different. Um, and I can tell now knowing more about you and your story, I understand it. Like I understand why you coach the way that you do because that's probably something that you you know, like in recovery, recovery is different for everybody and eating disorders yeah. are different for everybody. So I feel like you've taken that, you really have taken that mess and mess, you know, you know yeah, yeah, that mess. <laughs> and Life you've is messy. It's okay. It is so right? messy. It's okay yeah. for it to be messy at times. Yes. And you've absolutely made the most of it by letting it inform the way you coach. And I just think that's so beautiful. And I'm so glad that I was able to connect with you. I'm so glad to have been here. Um, <laughs> oh, there's one thing that I did forget to mention that I do and is coming out. So I'll plug yes. it because I just forgot to, but um, I have an online workout platform. It's called Ange on Demand and it's the workouts are anywhere from 10 to 45 minutes, I think is the longest one. Um, but yeah, and it's just online. So that is dropping in a week or two, maybe. Oh so gosh. in August, whenever in August. this airs, sometime in August, but I'm going to be running a summer sale on it. So, um, because I do believe even with fitness, like honoring our body during the workouts, um, is so, so important. So mm -hmm. yeah. That's yeah. I saw you posted about it today and I was like, Oh my God, we got to talk about this. Like, it's and so then, like I almost forgot. I'm that's like, okay. That's okay. So that's when you like, do you have like so many things in your head and like, I do I this and that. And yeah. I know. I, I feel that on, on an absolute daily basis. That's why I like have to have my like computer sticky note right here, like right, right where I'll see. Otherwise I will forget all the things. And I still sometimes forget all the things. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, will you let us know where we can find you? Like, yeah. um, on the interwebs <laughs> on the interwebs. All right. So you'll have to spell this out somewhere. I can, I will, It'll, it, but... I'll put it all in the, in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my website is Angela I can spell bully if you want. It's B E A U L I E U. And then on Instagram, it's at it's Angela Bullyu. So that's where you can find me. Yay. Thank you again, Angela. This was so much fun and so you fun. are, you are, you're just great. And you're, you're just a breath of fresh air to have in the space. Well, I think you're great. And I feel so honored to be on here. I told Haley before, I was like, I'm like kind of fangirling because <laughs> I think you're amazing. And no. now we're, now we're real life friends. We're forever. real life yeah, friends. Yes. <laughs> That's like my favorite thing about the podcast is when like I connect. Oh my gosh. Is that your dog? Uh, 
Yes. A little, I just saw yes. a little a little critter a just walked in. <laughs> He's a cutie. Yes. <laughs> um, that's my favorite thing is when I'm like, I think I'm going to like this person. Like, I drive with them on Instagram and then I meet them and I'm like, oh, I really like this person. And then I'm like, but you don't live in Iowa. Like that makes it so difficult for me, you know? But it's like diet culture. It's so bad, but it's bringing together good people. So there's always a little silver lining. Look at that. So beautiful. I love it. Single Single tear. tear. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of GTB. If you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. You can also share this podcast on Instagram and tag me at GiveThemTheBirdPodcast. I will see you back here next week for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird.